This is Alicia Free, a badass belly dancer, musician, and real food enthusiast, here to help you feel a little lighter. How to dance through pain. More lessons from Pema Chodron. Many of us dancers cycle through these sad spells of pain where we don't dance. I'm in one right now. And then we heal and get back into and achieve these victories, and then another injury surfaces. This is a pretty familiar cycle for living beings, especially those who love to dance and move and continue to challenge ourselves and grow. The intention of this episode is to shorten the sad spells of pain, learn so much from them, and then elongate our experience of comfort and joy. That sounds pretty good, right? It's a good goal. So Pema Chodron is a master at this. She is a Buddhist nun. And even Oprah Winfrey will tell you that Pema is one of the most wise, compassionate, and connected humans on our planet. In this episode, you will feel her and you'll get some of what she's talking about. Before I dive into Pema Chodron's teachings on how pain can actually connect us to our fellow humans, I have an invitation for you, as well as something to celebrate. Keishi Chai is coming. I interviewed Keishi years ago, and she's just an amazing artist. And Keishi was in Belly Dance Superstars. She's in the Belly Queen Belly Dance School. She runs Jam New York City, which is D-J-A-M, and it's a live music and dance show that's been running for more than 10 years that features belly dancers and live music, which is amazing, right? The show used to be weekly in New York City, and now it's monthly. So if you are planning a trip to New York City anytime, look up Jam to see if you can catch a fun belly dance show. Keishi is an artist who makes things happen, and she is coming to Ithaca, where I live, to put on an amazing show. If you're driving distance from New York, and it's before July 8th, 2022, when you're listening to this, then come. In Ithaca, there'll be workshops with Jill Parker and Keishi, and there's a performer named Nature Dancer, who's an award-winning street dancer and martial artist and teaches people how to dance in nature. You won't be able to find them online. This is a really special part. And I'm going to set them up in this magical space on the gorge in Ithaca, and I believe we're going to dance right into the water in this workshop that they're going to teach. It sounds pretty life-changing to me. And it's really a chance for you to come to Ithaca on Thursday, July 7th, 2022. Take a workshop, go hiking, rejuvenate. And then on Friday, July 8th, enjoy this show with Beatbox Guitar. This band is ridiculously talented, and they often perform with belly dancers. You might remember the band Jin, D-J-I-N-N, one of Carmine's bands in New York City. They had a hurdy-gurdy. The hurdy-gurdy player played at my wedding. Awesome band. You can look them up online. Great music to dance to. Great music to practice to. D-J-I-N-N, Jin, like one of the genies. That is the same beatboxer that was in Jin. His name is Pete List. He's also in beatbox guitar. And he's in beatbox guitar with this incredible guitarist. He plays flamenco style. They do a lot of interesting things. You can find music from both of these bands online. And again, they're both really fun to dance to. So write them down or look on the Belly Dance Body and Soul playlist to find more of their songs. And I think there's going to be workshops on Saturday, July 9th as well. And our band, Taksim Ithaca, is opening at the July 8th show. And then in New York City, Casey will take the show on the road and host another jam event on Sunday, July 10th. So all of these events will be fantastic because that's what Casey does. She brings talented musicians and fabulous dancers and appreciative audiences together and gives the gift of art wherever she goes. So I hope you can come. Something else I want to celebrate before I get on to the depressing story of how I sprained my ankle walking down the stairs. It's just so silly. The circus performer that I practice fire arts with, she said, it's so funny how we sprain our ankles and get injuries from doing the stupid stuff 
And when we're doing the dangerous stuff, we're paying attention. But the regular to-day-to-day stuff, we forget. So anyway, I just performed at Ithaca Festival with Jill Parker and Anya of Pittsburgh's Hammer Sisters, as well as a very gifted dancer in Ithaca named Ellen George. And it was really special. And it just felt so good because... I finally honored my own mind's design and nailed Jill Parker's choreography. So it looked and felt good to perform a group piece, which I don't often do. Usually I forget the choreography. I'm that awkward one that's looking side to side to try to remember what I'm supposed to be doing. But this time I honored my mind's design. Most of the time I solo improv to live music, right? So nailing choreography and performing with a group was a really big victory for me. I just haven't done it in so long. So do you have a system for remembering choreography? Some dancers just seem to naturally remember what to do next. And I'm always really impressed. I think of like people in a chorus line, you know, that Broadway musical, they just remember the choreography that was just taught to them. It's not me. I have to write it all down with words that help me remember the movements. And then I print it out and then I carry it in my pocket so I can run through it whenever I can, you know, when I'm walking or each morning before the kids wake up. When I get stuck, you know, I'm doing the choreo when I'm walking around or whatever. And then I look at my notes and I fix the hole. And that's how I learn. And it's so valuable to clearly see how we learn, right? So I hope you have developed your own system for remembering choreography that works for you. And I was watching videos of Jill doing the choreography for like four hours. I was pausing and restarting and slowing it down and writing down each part in my own words. I mean, Jill also taught it to me, you know, the traditional way. And I physically danced and that was super helpful. And I just know that I need additional time sitting and writing to concretize the choreography. It's like I sketch it out with words. I actually sketch little pictures, too, of different positions that I'm having a harder time with. And it also helps immensely that Jill is such a clear teacher and a brilliant choreographer. And, you know, that helps. But I also put in the time and honored my own learning process. And it was really fun not to struggle to remember the choreo on stage while I was performing. I mean, honestly, I haven't performed choreography with other dancers in years. It felt so good to be with a group again. And I sang with our band and really poured my heart into our live music performance as well. It just feels so good. It feels like COVID is loosening its grip that has restricted our movement for years now. And I'm so grateful. Okay, so this episode is about dancing through our pain. So this is the sixth time that I sprained my ankle. I actually started belly dancing because I used to be a distance runner and I sprained my ankle so many times running in the woods that I had to give up on running and replace it with a new hobby, which was dancing. I think the last time I sprained my ankle was in India right before a 10-day Vipassana meditation retreat. And that was so lucky because my whole plan for the future at that point was to sit on my butt meditating. And my ankle really appreciated me sitting on my butt, especially, you know, the first two days after a sprain. That was in my 20s, but I had to get there. So that was interesting to walk through the alleys of Varanasi with a backpack trying to get out (laughs) this meditation retreat. Anyway, I'm 41 now. And honestly, I've been saying that spraining my ankle was a thing of the past for me. So I stopped doing the really effective balancing practice of standing on one foot every time I brush my teeth and trying to throw myself off of balance. Like I stand on one foot and try to move around a lot. It was so helpful when I was doing it every time I brushed my teeth, but I became inconsistent with it. And then before my kids woke up about a week ago, I came down off of a step onto a flip-flop, which should not damage me to step on a flip-flop. The flip-flop was on the floor and I turned my ankle. (sighs) 
I had also been doing some pretty extreme hamstring stretches and trying to like turn one of my feet to another position before that. So what I now know is that if I'm going to do those things and try to change my stance or do an extreme stretch that lasts for more than a minute, I should be really careful about a week after it because my mind hasn't caught up with this adjustment that I'm trying to make yet. That's what a chiropractor told me when I went to see her yesterday. So I hope that you got something out of that too. And when I first sprained my ankle, like the first moment, I said, please God, no, please no, please God, no. I was resisting what had just happened. And I usually walk my five-year-old at kindergarten uphill with my three-year-old in a carrier on my back. And I live at the top of a three-story staircase. I go up tall ladders. I carry furniture around. I cook a lot. I dance. I'm a really active person. So the first response was dread. And the interesting part is that it didn't stay for too long, the dread and the resistance. I did not dive into my own suffering or blame at first, at least, <laughs> like I have in the past. This experience really helped me realize that I have grown from being a student of Pema Chodron and Thich Nhat Hanh as well, another Buddhist teacher. So I started with this resistance, repeating, please God, no. And in a minute or two, I softened into repeating, I will take care of you, ankle. I will take care of you. I have something to learn here that will make me even stronger. So I shifted from resisting what I could not change in my body to softening to it, to befriending it. And this is a big deal. Now, flash forward a week later, I was just ragingly pissed and not fun to be around. But this whole process, I've handled better than I ever have the other five times I sprained my ankle. So I'm hoping that you're pain-free right now. And you can listen to this podcast and soak it in for the times in the future when pain will again be present in your life. It will come again. And maybe you can share this podcast with a friend who's in pain now. There are treasures in here for you. There's something in here that will relieve your suffering. So please perk up and listen and even write it down so it stays with you. Here it comes. A few weeks ago, I went to the American Buddhist nun Pema Chodron's last public discourse at Omega, this retreat center just outside of New York City. And there I decided that I was going to record a podcast for all of you lovely dancers that would relieve your pain. So funny because at that time I was pain-free. I was thinking about my husband's chronic knee pain and the pain I've seen other dancers move through. I didn't realize that this podcast was also going to be medicine for me going through this injury that I have right now. And as I told you, Keishi Chai is coming to Ithaca in a few weeks. Will I be able to dance? I don't know. But I'm damn well going to take really good care of myself so that I can dance if possible in the show. If not, I'll MC the show. I'll make the best of it. But this is the first time that I've really not put any weight on my ankle for the first two days after the sprain. It's pretty much the first three days. I even got crutches for my kid's school nurse. It's hilarious. But my family took care of me and I was able to just lay down and sit down and let the swelling come. And now the swelling is going down again, thankfully. And I'm able to move again. Ah. <sighs> My kids and my husband right now are at a reggae fest, which I love so much. Dancing like crazy out in a park on the lake. Not there. Boo-hoo. I am going to play music at an Algerian wedding, which is fabulous. And I'll sit on my butt and drum. They didn't want us to dance anyway. I have some pity parties for sure, but I'm really focused on recovering more so than the pity right now. So back in episode 50, I recorded Dance Lessons Learned from Pema Chodron. What a great episode. If you haven't listened to that one, please do. It's actually one of the most listened to episodes of this podcast, even though Pema is not a dancer. I've actually listened to that Pema podcast many times after releasing it because it is so healing. Those were lessons I learned from an online retreat with Pema. 
which was quite frankly mind-blowing, just an online meditation retreat. It's really wonderful to find out that even online we can be transformed and expanded by events like this. You might still be able to purchase the May 2022 Pema Retreat recording on the Omega Institute website. It's incredible. On the Pema Children Foundation website archive, many of Pema's talks can be downloaded for free. And she's written so many incredible books. So Pema's direct teachings are very available to you. That's P-E-M-A, Pema Children. So back in episode 50 of this podcast, I shared Pema's teachings on saying things to others that open our own hearts. I was thinking I had to say something to somebody else that will open their heart. No, I want to open my heart with the words. Freeing ourselves and others from fear. These are all parts of our dance life too. Dance is woven into so much of our lives, not just rehearsals and performances. Dance influences how we see and move through the world. I mean, it can all be a dance, right? Swerving a cart through the grocery store, which I rode one of those little motorized carts the other day with my three-year-old on my lap. It was hilarious because she like thought it was a big treat and I was, you know, doing it because I had to. I mean, even hammering a nail can be dancing, even hitting a frame drum, switching a child from one hip to the other. What makes it dance is how we feel about it, how present we are with our own movement and the beauty in and around us at all times. I was not present when I stepped on that flip-flop at the base of the basement stairs and then my ankle was a swollen little blob of ouch. Again, I'm reminded to return to my breath, to spend more time in my body and in the present moment. So when I was there with Pema in person, learning at that retreat at Omega, it was so powerful. And she gave me many more gifts that I am now honored to offer to you. Here are three steps I've pulled together for freeing yourself from the misery of your pain. Number one, forgive yourself for getting hurt. I forgive myself for getting hurt. When we're in pain, we often have less self-esteem. I mean, I'm putting that really nicely. We treat ourselves like shit. We say things to ourselves that we would never say to other people because we know it is unkind and damaging. Example, I'm not good enough. I can't believe I did that. What a stupid move. I'm getting old. My body is just going to keep falling apart. This pain will keep getting worse and there's nothing I can do. Why can't I just be healthy and strong? Why do I keep getting hurt? Now I'm going to gain weight and it will ruin everything that I've worked for. Fifi Abdu started dancing in the 1960s and she's still dancing. What the hell's wrong with me? It's my genetics. It's my upbringing. It's my diet. I'm broken. I'm weak. How am I going to work like this? How am I going to dance like this? Why is this happening to me? What did I do wrong? So those are some really shitty questions. I think Tony Robbins says, if you ask a shitty question, you get a shitty answer. I'm a big fan of asking better questions. So what question can I ask that will open my heart right now? What questions can I ask that will bring healing rather than suffering? How can I show my ankle how much I love it? What does my ankle need to heal? How can I use this time to show my whole body how much I appreciate it? So many parts of my body work with ease right now. My mind, my breath, my skin, my upper body. I have so much to be grateful for. And honestly, a sprained ankle, it could be a lot worse. <sighs> when I stopped panicking, softness returned. I gently massaged my ankle with ointment. I drank water. I breathed deeply. I wrapped it in a soft towel and an ice pack. And I've been here before with a sprained ankle. And each time I've gained insight on how my body works and what it needs. Spraining my ankle brought me to belly dance. 
spraining my ankle brought me to Qigong to learn Qigong. So I had more of a connection to the earth. So I could put roots down and feel my feet fully touching the earth instead of bouncing around and flying high up in the sky like I had been so much of my life at that point and then occasionally crashing down and spraining my ankle. I'm going to breathe in the guilt for not being able to figure out how to stop spraining my ankle. And I'm going to breathe it in, just feel it fully. And then I'm going to breathe out and try to soften to that guilt. My mother-in-law asked if I had just started doing something new. And as I mentioned before, I was actually doing some pretty intense hamstring stretches that were more than a minute long. And I thought this was a great thing to do. I mean, if I had done that with my upper body, it would have been fine. But since I have this history of ankle sprains, I really should have been more aware of adding intense leg and foot stretches to my routine. I was also modifying the orientation of my slightly outturned foot, right? So going forward, what I learned is I'm going to focus on strengthening my ankles along with whatever new things I try on my legs and feet, any new exercises, and I will get stronger and my ankles will get stronger again. These are two words that I really love and I've also really struggled with. Forgive yourself. There's no need to carry around smelly baggage to stink up your whole life. We can let go of the smelly baggage and forgive ourselves. I have apologized to my ankle. I've touched gratitude. I've made a new promise. I've gotten really angry along the way, don't get me wrong. It hasn't all been roses. There's been tons of garbage in there. So I've yelled a lot at my kids and my husband the past few days I mean, the first two days, I just laid there, low energy. And then when I started walking and started helping in the house again, I got mad. I couldn't help them enough. I couldn't move fast enough. I'm like so upset by toys on the floor. Like my son likes to block an entire area, a whole path with stuff. He just puts it there and then runs away. I don't know why, but <laughs> he's just part of who he is. And it makes me so mad right now because I don't have a place to walk. I'm so afraid to aggravate my injury again so I have not been a lot of fun to be around and I've just felt like an injured animal even though I'm totally being taken care of I can't imagine what people who have to take care of themselves go through what I'm doing is nothing compared to what they're going through so my kids were outside and my husband's outside and he comes in and he looks at me and he says I'm sorry I love you please forgive me Thank you. I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. These four sentences, it's called the Hopa Ono. This is some magic medicine right here. My body got chills again just saying it. It's a wonderful tool for when you're really angry. You really did the wrong thing. You're saying the wrong thing every time. It softens. It softens the people that we've hurt. It softens ourselves. To my ankle, I can say, I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. Apologizing and being in a state of love. 
So if you haven't written down the Hopo Ona before or memorized it, I would suggest putting it somewhere so that you can use it when you really need it. It's an old Hawaiian tradition that exists in some other places too. And it's so powerful. There are stories about doctors saying these words and looking at the files of violent mentally ill patients who after he did this with their files, these patients were unshackled and could walk around. It's crazy how transformative it can be. Just try it yourself. Pema didn't talk about this, but this is totally in line with what she teaches about softening, about holding your own hand. Instead of slapping your own hand, hold it gently, softly. The Hopoono where you take responsibility for whatever it is, you breathe love into it, you ask for forgiveness, and there's actually completion in this. There's completion in these four sentences. I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. My husband said it to me earlier today. I'd forgotten about it. And I cried so hard. And I didn't even want to look at him in the face when I started crying. But he kept saying it. And as he did, I felt my chest open up. I felt my face relax. And I could hug him. And then our son started doing something crazy too and got yelled at. And he's hiding under a table. And I went under the table with him and I started saying it to him. I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. At first he resisted, and as I kept saying it, he softened as well. So hopefully that's a big present for you. If you haven't heard it before, or maybe it's a reminder if you have heard it already, the Hopo Ono. Now for part two, kiss the pain. I'm not talking about inviting pain in that is not necessary. <laughs> I'm not talking about S&M. I'm really talking about being friends with the pain that is just part of our lives. Being a friend to the pain instead of resisting or running from it or fighting it. Soften to it. Move closer. Get curious. With my injury, instead of beating myself up, I can be so gentle with myself, just as I would if one of my children got hurt. I would be so kind and gentle to them. I can do that to myself as well. And I can kiss the pain. These last two are shorter, but they're still really awesome. Number three, turn the poison into medicine. Here's a great question. How can I send healing and forgiveness to others in pain right now? Other mothers who are so frustrated because they can't walk and help their children. To children whose mom is being a total bitch because she's hurting and frustrated. I can send healing and forgiveness to them rather than beating myself up about who I've been and open my heart that way. That is how I turn the poison of this anger into medicine for myself and others. That's how I connect with others who are suffering just like me. Just like me. Pema likes to say that one. I love that phrase. She talks about being stuck in traffic. And rather than getting angry, she looks into other people's cars and windows and she sees them. Instead of stewing in her own misery and impatience, she connects. She connects with other people in that moment. She says, just like me. These people are stuck in this traffic jam too. Just like me. And I can look at people who are in pain like that too just like me. They're in pain just like me or frustrated. I could focus on myself, my disappointment, my pain, my frustration at this obstacle. I can start there because that is the suffering that is super relevant to me right now. I can breathe in my own suffering 
So many other beings are feeling pain right now with me. I can breathe that in too. Humans, birds, insects, dogs, so many other beings are feeling pain now just like me. So many other beings are injured right now just like me. And I breathe that in. Yes, I want to breathe in the suffering of myself and others. That's a big step when you realize how beneficial that can be to breathe it in. We're so connected. And when we give our own suffering some space, when we realize that it's actually impossible to truly be alone in whatever I'm experiencing right now, it's actually impossible. It might feel like we're alone sometimes, but we are always having a shared experience with other beings at the same moment. Not necessarily in the same space, the same geographic location, but there are other beings feeling what I feel right now, having the same experience of pain, of frustration. So I start with breathing in my own suffering. Any angle of it, any feeling or texture or color or words that are attached to it, it's suffering. Pain is temporary and suffering is optional. I think that's from Sai Ma, that quote. I love it. Pain is temporary and suffering is optional. So I breathe in my own suffering. It can be like a lightning bolt or it can be like soft air. It can be whatever you need. It could be like a punch in the face. I breathe in my own suffering. And as I breathe out, I give the suffering what it needs, whatever it's calling for. I breathe in the suffering and I breathe out whatever it needs, which often is softening love, connection to others who are experiencing it. I can do that for a few minutes. You're not supposed to do this kind of meditation. I've talked about this in the previous episode about Pema too. It's called Tonglen meditation. You don't want to do it for too long. You don't want to start with the hardest thing you've ever encountered, the most painful thing. Just start little. So I do that for a few minutes, the breathing in the suffering and breathing out and giving it whatever it calls for, whatever it needs. And if the pain is not too great, I can actually invite the suffering of others. That's right. I was feeling so shitty earlier with my little tiny injury. I was sitting on a stool cutting vegetables and I breathed in. I was like, if I can take all the suffering of others who are experiencing what I'm experiencing right now, I want it. I want to breathe it in. I want to take it off of them. If I could do that right now, give it to me. I mean, that's some crazy stuff, right? But how much more could I be suffering? I mean, I could be in a heck of a lot worse shape than I am in. But at that moment when you're feeling so bad, you can just invite the suffering of others right in. And then as I breathe out, I'm breathing out for all of us. I can give our suffering whatever it needs, whatever it calls for. Right now, the suffering I breathe in is being transformed into an outbreath of these words, calming my body, calming your body, breathing in our resistance, our stress, our disappointment, our shame at being hurt or being sick and breathing out space, giving it all space. No need to hold on to it. No need to run or hide. Just breathe it in. And release it with our out breath, giving it an abundance of space. You might remember previous episodes of this podcast. So many of my guests talk about health issues that they've had. We had Danielle Hutton and her Crohn's. We had Mael and her cancer. Keishi breaking a bone and then dancing to the song Bone Dance. Yana of the Belly Dance Life podcast talking about this Uzbeki folk dance where 
It's a story of a woman picking cherries and she fell and broke her arms and legs and her husband was the king and she was known for her dancing and when they had visitors, he asked her to dance for them with her broken arms and broken limbs. She was saying it's like, yeah, I have broken arms and broken limbs, but I still dance and I'm still playful. And Melodia, the last episode, she talks about her hip replacement. She's had both of her hips replaced and how joyful she is at just being able to walk outside again. (sighs) So there's so many gifts here all wrapped in pain and wrapped in suffering. So many gifts. So many things that can make us wiser and make our lives richer and more beautiful. So I hope that this has been healing for you in some way. It's been healing for me to just sit here and talk about it. (sighs) And next time the pain comes in, get close to it. Get curious. Take a deep breath. (sighs) Give it what it needs and breathe out. (sighs) And keep dancing however you can. Our band was practicing the other day and I roll in on crutches and they're like, oh God, they didn't know it was like that. I sit down and we're playing this really fun song and the cellist looks at me and she goes, chair dance. I was like, yeah, chair dance. I can dance in my chair. I can dance in my chair. So there's always a way to dance. Even if it's with your eyelids or your heart or your mind. Stay well. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please subscribe and let your friends know what you got out of this show. Dance with me on YouTube, listen to the music I've selected for you on Spotify, and try some free vegan recipes on AliciaFree.com. This is Alicia Free, hoping this show helps you feel a little lighter.